Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hey everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So this week we have a very special guest. Yeah. Business coach, author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur, Kelly Rolf. And we asked her to come on because she has been doing the hustle thing for a long time. That's right. And uh, we've been seeing some very strong evidence recently that that hustle and grind shit is over. <laughs> that this might be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Good fucking riddance. I yeah, say. I don't think it was serving anyone. No, I don't I don't think it was. I mean we think it was, and then it goes away and you're like, Oh yeah, I don't need that anymore. Well, it's just kind of an interesting idea that, you know, just giving everything that you have to something is going to bring you success. But how can you call yourself successful when everything else in your life is like completely neglected and falling <laughs> apart? Like it's just, it's such a weird... It's a gong show. Yeah, like hashtag no days off. Like, I know. It's just, it's so dumb. Like, Shaking my head. And I think you and I had, had talked about that a lot over, especially over the last 18 months or so. Yeah. Where, and maybe even longer than that, where we... Balance is very important for us, and work is important, and it gets done. Mm-hmm. But work is work. Yes, and we need to remember what work is for. Yeah, do you live to work or do you work to live? 
Which and I, is it? And you know what? Now, now that you say that, I I think that what when it really got driven home for me was when we went to Europe. Yeah. And that is just a whole other fucking mindset. Sitting out in a piazza in like Spain at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And families are coming and going out for dinner and their kids are running around in the playgrounds in the square. And yeah. It's just a very different way of and <laughs> just living. Just living. Yeah. Like how many... We went there in at the end of July, middle of July... And there were so many businesses that were like, um, we're on vacation, like see you in September. Yeah, we're closed. We're closed. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And like all so many rooftop restaurants just so that you would have a good spot to watch the sunset. Oh, uh, yeah. In, in in Lisbon. Yeah. yeah. And, and so like people would come out to watch the sunset every night. Well, yeah, there were all those. Lisbon was great because there were all those like. Benches and trails and stuff. Vistas all, and stuff. Vi- yeah, vistas. That's, yeah, it. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And people would come out for the sunset. Yeah. Yeah, have a little party and then go away once the sun went down. And and so I, I, think, I think that was sort of my first inkling that, you know what, this fucking hustle and grind shit is this, not serving us. This 1980s Wall Street kind of... <laughs> the only way to sustain it is with a very healthy cocaine habit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kelly has been an entrepreneur for a long time now. Yeah. And... So she had also found the same thing that this was not serving her and her mm-hmm. family. And then she talks a little bit about energetics, which was is something a little bit new. Well, I went in blind for this. I didn't because mm-hmm. I wanted her, I wanted to experience it from her mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And turns out I kind of know a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't heard it put into those kinds of terms. Right. right? Yeah. And yeah, it's. I think I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Yeah, and uh, just a little teaser for you. Anything where the beginning point of learning about something is through orgasms, I'm in. Yes, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. All right. So enjoy, guys. So today on the podcast, we would like to welcome Kelly Rolf, business coach, author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you. Super jazzed. Yeah. Yeah. So... I love that. I love your title. Can you talk a little bit about what all of that means and how you got here? Absolutely. So multi-passionate entrepreneur is basically a really fancy way of saying I like a lot of things and I do a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. I'm an author. I'm a business mentor. I'm a life coach. I am, I have another business. I teach business strategy. I teach social media strategy. I teach women how to love themselves. I have a podcast. I do a lot of things. <laughs> so multi-passionate entrepreneur just puts it in a pretty little package. But how did I get here? Who loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it started almost a decade ago when I kind of blinked one day and found myself a single mom of a tiny little beautiful little girl. And it really woke me up to realize kind of how much I hated myself on the inside. (laughs) And I was determined not to raise another generation of a little girl who hated herself, who talked poorly to herself, who wanted the whole world to love her so that she felt enough to be loved. And it started me on a path to 
get to know who I was. I really had no idea who I was. I had spent all 25 years prior to that looking outside of myself for love, for acceptance, for appreciation, for validation. And there I was on my own with this tiny little human and I knew it couldn't go on. And so I started my personal development journey, started to really get to know myself. And what when I kind of owned that I hated myself, it was a problem. So I really started doing the inner work to change that narrative for myself, for the way I spoke about myself, for the way I spoke about my body, for the kind of people I would allow in my world and in her world. And slowly but surely, I started to fall in love with who I was becoming and the woman I was becoming, the mother I was becoming, the force field I was becoming because I was no longer there for any more shit. And for whatever reason, I'll never know. I really shared that part of my life and that part of my journey on social media. And I think I did it just because I knew I couldn't be alone in the way that I felt and the way that I was living. And so what happened really organically was that I heard a lot of me too, me too, me too, me too. Mm-hmm. And how long ago was this, Kelly? How long, when did you start sharing on social media? Like six and a half, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. Well before I knew yeah. of an online business, well before I knew what a coach even was, I had no idea any of this existed. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is I built this organic little following of women who were like, I cannot continue hating myself. I want to be better physically. I want to be better emotionally. I want to be better partner. I want to be a stronger woman. I want to be a better mother. And at the beginning, it was a lot more single moms, right? They found a lot of strength in my story and opportunities started presenting themselves. That's how I became an author. I was approached to, to write in a book and then write in another book. And that was really the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. When I started to realize, hey, wait a second, there's a whole world out there where people are being paid to help other people transform their lives. And writing, I realized, was a passion of mine. And so I just continued to share and it continued to evolve into this big, beautiful entity of what it is now, which is a whole bunch of badass women just on a journey to (laughs) love the shit out of themselves and build incredible businesses and transform the way women hold power, transform the way women hold wealth, transform the way we see ourselves, the way we carry ourselves and how we show up in our lives and our businesses. And it's pretty remarkable. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's quite, that's quite a transformation that you made. And I think a lot of times this, this culture makes single mothers feel like they can't do any of those things that they are just, it's over for you. It's just keeping your head above water from here on in. And you were like, fuck no. Like, yeah. And I, I just love that. I love that. Thank you. And I'm excited to, to dive in a little deeper with where we're going, because for me at the time, that's exactly what it was like. Fuck that. It mm. was such a prove it energy. It was such a, a, a desire to prove the world wrong which looking back now, like what a blessing, it really got me to where I was, but it is certainly not the principle I teach now on how we unleash our inner power. But at the time it was like, nobody's going to tell me that I can fail. And in turn, I empowered other women in my situation to know that there was better for them. They didn't have to be the statistic. They didn't have to 
fall into that stigma around what it meant to be a single woman raising children. So you alluded to it just now, but there was a lot of hustle to get you where you were. But we hear a lot about this this term hustle culture. What do you take that to mean? And, and it, it is it different than all the steps that you took to get to where you are now? Uh, no, it's not different. <laughs> I <laughs> hustled the shit out of my life for a really long time. And, you know, it was such a part of the digital space when I entered it, this like, you know, badass woman on a mission, nobody can stop me. Let's fucking hustle. It was so ingrained in the culture that if you weren't hustling, you weren't winning. Hashtag no days off. <laughs> Hashtag no days off. Hashtag yeah. hustle in heart. Hashtag, you know, hustle whatever. <laughs> yeah, hustle and grind, right? <laughs> you know, it was just so ingrained in the way that I was taught how to do it, how, how to build a business online. And it was truly a belief that I had to work that hard, that I had to sacrifice my self-care, that I had to sacrifice sleep, that I had to sacrifice myself, my social life, my connections to get, to make it, to get there. And I mean, I've been calling bullshit on the hustle culture for a long time because I just don't see the value. I'm on a mission to teach women how to really transform the shit out of their lives. And transformation doesn't come with burning the candle at both ends. Mm -mm. It doesn't come with sacrificing time with your family and the people that you love in order to have wealth, have success. That's not fucking freedom. There's a couple of things that I thought about as you were talking about that. And one of them is, you know, whether women are building businesses or heading up families, that is the expectation is that it comes at your personal, mental, physical, psychological expense. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to sacrifice all that shit to make other people successful or even to make ourselves successful. That is such a, it's really counterintuitive when you think about it. If you, if you think about what success is, and when we look at what we've all, this collective trauma that we've been through the <laughs> last 15 months, this is why I, I was so excited to talk to you is because there's been this shift and I thought you were like, you know, you and I have had lots of conversations about all, all manner of things, but I think that, that, that this shift from hustle culture and this sort of slow death of that, that we've had over the last 15 months, what, can you speak to that a little bit? What have you noticed? I mean, I think you've kind of, you had made that change for yourself already, but what have you noticed sort of in the culture and in the society at large over the last year, year and a half about the death of hustle culture or people like seeing behind yeah. the curtain of all that and that we've been lied to about <laughs> hustle yeah. culture. Yeah. Well, I think that in my life and the principles that I teach is that we don't have to sacrifice ourselves or the people that we love or the relationships that are important to us in order to have what we want in order to have success in our own terms, which leads me into your next question. First of all, what the hell is success? It's, it's, 
everybody has to determine what that means for them. And I think for me personally, success meant I didn't have to sacrifice. It didn't mean one or the other. But in hustle culture, you really believe that it's one or the other. And man, what an internal struggle for a woman ever Mm. to have to choose between her desire for herself, whether that's her physical fitness, whether that's a business, whether that's connection, whether that's travel, whether that's insert, whatever is important to us as women, as human beings who are women, and we have to sacrifice the other parts of us that are incredibly important, like motherhood, like relationship, like our jobs or our businesses. It's, it's a bullshit, bullshit concept to begin with. It just doesn't make any actual sense. But to, to lead into what happened 15 months ago is a couple of things. One, people couldn't stand their own silence. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't. They, there were, I have worked with women who have literally never stepped foot within themselves in the last 10 to 15 years. It's been go, 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 go. Take the kids here, work here, Mm -hmm. climb the corporate ladder, build this business, do this, do that, do this. They've never heard themselves think ever. Mm -hmm. And then boom, they're faced with every possible demon they've held and suppressed for 15 months. And they're like, what do I do with all of this time? I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I need. All I know is I'm really freaking uncomfortable in my own skin. So there's that person who's like, learn to understand the silence of their life over the last 15 months. And then there's the other people who took a real deep breath and went, whoa, what have I been doing to myself? What has been my life up until this point? I've never spent so much time with my kids. Hmm. I've never been so engaged with my friends because now somebody said we can't see them. So that connection matters. Right. (laughs) I've never been so engaged with my partner because we've run the race for so long that I don't remember the last time I had a genuine conversation with my partner. That wasn't about pickup times, drop off times, grocery lists, this, that, the other. And the appreciation and the depth of gratitude that so many people have awoke to in this situation has been immensely beautiful to be a part of Mm. because what, and, and I'm included in this, you know, my life, even though I know that hustle culture is bullshit, I'm a mom of two kids. We have competitive sports. We have things. Life was really, really busy. And then it wasn't. <laughs> it was like, um, but I have done the work. And so for me, it was like, how do I find gratitude in every single experience I get to have with my children that I will never get this time back because we will all be busy again. Right. We will all be running to hockey practice and gymnastics and the gym and, you know, social events. It will, it will happen again. But the people who realized how much they were missing in their own life I think we'll find gratitude in every moment along the way. And it has changed how they show up in their personal lives. And it has absolutely changed how they show up in their businesses. The belief that we have to do it all and be it all and constantly be going, we've proven it to be a flat out lie. Mm. And, and I know that a lot, many, if not most of your clients are women, but I think men fall 
prey to this as well. They've been sold a bill of goods Mm. too. Whereas that Mm -hmm. all you have to do is work hard and provide and everything's going to be great. And we all know that's not true. Yeah. There's, there's lots of, there's lots of, of relationships that break down and men are going, but I went to work every day and I, and I did the things and I, you know, provided this beautiful home for you. And I did the, and it's like, all I wanted you to do was snuggle up to me on the couch once in a while instead of working until 10 o'clock at night or, you know, and I think those boundaries are something that a lot of people just weren't familiar with setting, having that yeah. work-life balance. And that's something you hear about all the time. Work-life balance, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. It was bullshit because many employers and jobs and situations just wouldn't allow for that. Yeah. And now I'm reading more and more articles where people are just going, fuck you. Yep. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with TikTok. Anybody who's been listening for a while knows this. <laughs> and I realize it's like, you know, a reinforcing algorithm, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of them about a lot of TikToks about, listen, this, you can love your job. It's not going to love you back. Yeah. Your people are going to love you back. So yes, work hard when it's time to work, but set those boundaries and have that balance. And how are you supposed to, you know, build yourself up and be ready to ring that bell and go back in. If you don't, if that's all you have, if you've just subscribed Mm -hmm. to this hustle culture where it's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, I only need three hours of sleep a night and I don't need to do this. And like, it's, it's craziness. Right. But like, I mean, I don't know if, if you kind of bumped up against that you've worked for yourself for a long time and you had to learn that yourself too. Did you not? Well, that's what I was thinking as you were talking Mm. about how anybody who's an entrepreneur knows that when you're starting your own business, whatever it is that you're doing, there's only you and shit doesn't get done unless you do it. And if you have to figure out or burn out that there's always going to be something that you need to do and you have to stop working at some point and you have to find that work-life balance. And now because of what's been going on with the pandemic over the last year and a half, everybody or almost everybody who remained employed and had the luxury of being able to work from home now needed to find that balance. They had natural breaks in their work-life balance, whether it was commuting to and from work and stuff like that. And I remember my my dad, he loves working and he hasn't been into his office in a year and a half. And he needed to take an hour after finishing work for the day and go float in his pool in the summertime. Yeah. Because he needed, he was used to taking commuting and, and having that time to decompress and walking out of you know uh, his office into his living room wasn't enough of a transition. And, and he had to find that he had to find that balance. And this isn't just something where you have entrepreneurs finding that balance. It's a significant portion of the working population is now like working from home is cool. You know, I can wear sweatpants and stuff, but, but then you fall into this, this blurring of all aspects of your life. And I can imagine in the, the people that you talk to that some people really struggled with that and had to, had to figure that out because they didn't sign up for, working from home and doing that, that's not what they, that's not the luxury that they had. And so how do you, how do you get somebody to that point where, where, what kind of advice? Yeah. How do you, how do you help somebody? I mean, I realize we're getting towards the end of the pandemic, so maybe this advice is a little bit late, but, but I think, I think it's good for people starting new jobs. And I think Mm -hmm. it's good for people going into the workforce to set these boundaries. How do you advise your clients on, on, developing those boundaries and, and, and setting that? Well, I think the number one thing that we do is prioritize. What is your life priority? 
And this is a really, really difficult thing. I think a lot of people experienced when the pandemic happened, particularly this is where, where I think men play into it pretty significantly because their work isn't, is a lot for a lot of men, it it becomes their worth, Mm -hmm. right? The way they dress to go to work, the way they show up at work, the way they perform at work, that commute time is the only time a lot of fathers have to themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a culture around a man who goes to work. And so for them to adjust to now, you know, fortunately, uh, daycares stayed open, schools were in and out. But at the beginning, it was like, I can only speak to my home and the clients that I, I, I served at the time. But like, what chaos? My partner's trying to figure out how the hell to work from home, how to make it all work remotely. What do I need? I don't have what I'm used to. What are we doing? There's kids running around screaming. I'm like, you invaded my office. (laughs) I have a meeting from this time to this time. So you got to get out and you have a meeting from this time to this time and you got to get out. And yeah, the luxury of wearing sweatpants is cool until you realize that that's all you've worn for six months. <laughs> and now this is like, it's funny, but it's not funny when we realize how much we sacrificed our physical health through all of this as well. And so it was a really difficult transition for my partner. And a lot of the people that I work with, the majority of the w- of people that I work with are women, but they were seeing a shift in, in the mental health of their spouses trying to adjust. Mm. And, you know, it's, safe to say that that this was difficult for everyone yeah to figure out the balance or do i work harder because i'm at home do i work less because i'm at home when do i start when do i stop do i keep going because there's stuff to do well i'm gonna lean back so kelly can step in because she's an entrepreneur and if she doesn't work she doesn't get paid right like it's like it was such a difficult thing but in terms of how do we move on from here and how do we continue to have boundaries in place and and remove the hustle culture is really just knowing our priorities how do we prioritize our lives after 16 months of nothing we ever thought would ever happen in our lifetime happening and for so many of us i think what we've realized is that we we as a society didn't have true connection with the people that we care about. We didn't have face-to-face connection often. Uh, We took time with the people that we love for granted. We took time with our friends for granted. We took social events for granted. We took birthday parties for granted, date night for granted. We took everything for granted. And we have been waiting desperately for a year and a half to hug the people that we love. And so if we can walk away from this, knowing that the most important thing that we take away from this experience is that people are people and we love them and they matter and our relationships matter and the people we love matter, our family matters, our our partnership matters on such a deeper level. And hell, if you friggin' made it this far and you still laugh and you still love, you are in it for the long haul. (laughs) Because being beside your partner 365 days or 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 365 days, I think we're at like 550 days now. If you can (laughs) still laugh and love, I don't believe that our generation will ever take that for granted again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said from the very beginning, no matter how hard this is to not be able to go and buy what we need and not be able to hug the people we love, maybe just maybe our generation, the generation that got the internet, the generation that 
had all of this crazy, exciting new availability to them, we lost connection. We lost values. When we think about our grandparents, they save your money, save your money, have, have an nest egg. Every Sunday was dinner. Nobody got divorced. Not, not that I condone that, but there was just connection. Shit mattered. People mattered. Values were strong and we lost them along the way because we had the internet and because we have instant gratification and because we can buy everything with a button and because we all we're bulletproof. We're a bulletproof generation. And this was a rude awakening that we are not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it is my hope that we walk away from this reinstilling those values, knowing what matters in our lives. And it's not money and it's not a job. We need that because life and bills, but what matters are people and we matter. Well, the, the couples counselor, Esther Perel talks about a lot that the quality of your life depends on the quality of your relationships. And when those were all challenged this year, all manner of relationships. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it highlighted when you needed to get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes, and sometimes, you know, and, and you were talking before about how hard it is on women's male partners a lot of times because of that identity of going to work. And, and then, so, so there's that. And then there's the added emotional labor of that partner trying to make everything. Okay. I like, even as a mom and you did this too, for your kids, Mm. there was this desire, this responsibility that you felt to like beef up the nest you know, yeah. to make everybody yeah. as comfortable as possible. You know, we got to bump up the the internet. We got to, I got to redo the office. I got to make sure everybody has a space. I got to make sure that everything's okay for everyone. And I'm walking around picking up mugs and shit. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, we're going to run out of coffee. got to make more coffee. Cause it's like, all of a sudden I'm the office manager. Yeah. And so I think that that's a part of it too, that I think it, and it's so, you just, you just do what you have to do because it's, but when, when it starts to settle down and you start to go, Oh my God, like, why am I so exhausted? Like, well, I haven't done anything today. Like mm-hmm. I've been sitting in a chair all day and, but you've been doing more emotional labor and more supportive, like you with your kids, like it's been insane. He's got three kids under 10, all doing school from home. Yeah. And it's all on like, different schedules, all on different yeah. schedules. And it's just like, and then trying to do your own stuff. And yeah. like, it's, and it's not until it starts to slow down where you go, Jesus, yeah, I don't want to do that. No, <laughs> Maybe, you know, I need some strategies or you need to just say enough mm. for yeah. today. That's enough for today. I've been yeah. telling you to like stop school. for a while. <laughs> well, It's all done. That's okay. There's only a week left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I think that's, I think that's such great advice for people to really look at what the priorities are and what you want your life to look like moving forward. And do you, you know, we did a, an episode last week about, or a couple of weeks ago, just kind of jumping back into life and pacing yourself. Ah, the whoring twenties. And pre and, and checking in with yourself. And are you living with those priorities in mind or are you just goldfishing it? Mm-hmm. Right, where you do nom 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 nom. I just yeah, like, we balls to the walls, just yeah. like get me out of this yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 
Yeah. And just like seeing people on the street and going, that's weird. Like we're, mm-hmm. we, we have to, we have to just chill, chill out a little bit, but yeah, I think that, I think that's great advice that you, you give to people. What's, what's your biggest challenge right now? <sighs> Work-life balance. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? You're, you're supposed to have that figured out. You're <laughs> well, here's the thing. I love that you brought up the added emotional labor and you know, I don't want to make this a heavy mental health episode, but it's important to recognize that not only as adults are we being asked to do so much more than we've ever done. And prior to this, we already did too much than we humanly should. And so we're being pulled in so many different directions that exhaustion is real. Anxiety is real. Mm. Depression is real. Mm. And my children are also struggling with, with their mental health, just the bounce back and forth, the trying to, to figure it out and be, you know, kids are kids. They, they want to do well in school and they want to, you know, feel good about being at school, but school is a computer and there are no kids and there are no connection and human beings need connection. Like, I think that's the foundation of this episode. Really what it comes down to is connection. And so my little guy, you know, he's going to be three and this all started when he, I know next week, isn't that nuts? Oh, yeah. that, is, that is nuts. <laughs> right. It started when he was 18 months. And so he was just integrating into a daycare center from a home care center and got ripped away from that. And then six months later, you know, six months in toddler years is a long time to be away from society. 30 year life. (laughs) Right. Totally a third of his life. And so we got him in a home care, you know, and he did really well. And then we moved And then we went to daycare, a new daycare. And like, think about that in tiny little human time. That is so much back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, inconsistency. Then to go to a facility where they're, you know, covered from head to toe there, they have goggles and masks. And he literally doesn't know what his teachers look like. He's never seen their faces. When, so we moved mid pandemic, when the kids went to online learning again, my daughter's teacher said to her, Ryan, I've never seen your face. (laughs) She didn't like, I cry every time I say that because what is this life? And what does that feel like for a 10 year old to be like, I've never seen my teacher's face and she's never seen mine. Wow. Yeah. The mental health impacts on kids is substantial. And so then what you were saying, we overcompensate. We're doing everything we can to keep them healthy physically because now they're not freaking moving and emotionally because now they're being pushed and pulled in a lot of different directions. And that's taking a toll on our emotional health Mm -hmm. as well. And, and our emotional labor and um, you know, the best advice that I can give from what I've done is just allow myself to feel Mm. like it's cool. If I cry, (laughs) it's cool if I go to bed at nine o'clock at night because I'm just so done. Right. It's cool. If I look at my partner at the end of the day and say, babe, I don't, I don't have conversation in me tonight, but let's (laughs) check in tomorrow. We have to honor that because it's the same for him. Mm -hmm. And then being, having open dialogue about that with my kids has been, you know, with my older one anyways, has been really good to give her permission to say, this is really hard. 
Mm-hmm. And today I'm just sad and tomorrow will be better. Right. And so for me, it's finding that balance. Like when do I, and my business is my joy. So sometimes when I'm overwhelmed in my personal life, I run to work. Mm. It's like my happy place. And you don't have to run far. So there's no, (laughs) I just like roll on my rolly chair from one room to the other. (laughs) You know, that's going really well with my waistline. (laughs) So I think it's just, 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 just put like, just put the brakes on just halfway so that you have yeah. to really hard to roll. And then you should it's like fast. resistance. I'm yeah, getting a little yeah, workout in my go. chair. Yeah. There's your free training session for today. Maybe there it is. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just give yourself grace, give everybody a little bit of grace and honor how you're feeling. Right. We're uh, the balance is non-existence. It's non-existent when we never leave. We never leave. Right. Mm hmm. You know, I spend the majority of my time in the kitchen because everybody's hungry all the time. <laughs> it's like I literally yes. am just making snacks and cleaning up from previous snacks to make dinner and cre- cleaning up from that. And then I have to get groceries again. Why do I? Why is there so much food? <laughs> what is this? That sounds like you're your house. Yeah, that's my yeah. house. It's yeah. so true. And yes. and you know, as an adult who's like pretty, you know, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't know about you, Dante, but I'm like pretty on point with like, I get the groceries on this day. I know what yes. we get usually. And like, yeah. I got a pretty good budget. I have an idea of that shit's just gone. You want the Oreos, get the double stuffed. You want some, <laughs> ju- I don't care. Throw it in the cart, throw it in. The- uh, nobody tell me you're hungry. Just grab a snack. <laughs> like it's like survival mode. You know, I th- I feel like we've been in survival mode for a really long time and it's, it's got to give ourselves grace. We got to allow ourselves to feel it and be okay with saying this shit is really fucking hard. And, you know, and, and thank you for that. But I, and I also think that we are, and, and children especially are also incredibly resilient. Mm-hmm. And as we, you know, you're so smart to let them know that it's okay to have a sad day and it's okay to feel shitty sometimes. And that tomorrow's going to be a better day and it's going to get better because then they go, then they don't get so scared. I think mm-hmm. when they see you scared and overwhelmed and what, then, then they, and, but you're not expressing that it's hard for you too. then they think something's wrong with them. Yeah. But when you can acknowledge that to them and talk to them openly about saying, you know, yeah, this, this is hard, but it's going to get better. And that makes them feel better. I think about that. And, and I, I'm already seeing like people just starting to like, just, just by the way they're posting on social media, there's still some dumbassery going on, but yeah, but people are starting to, people are starting to change. Like you can change, you can see the shift in what people are posting. Mm-hmm. They're getting back out to a patio or they're going here or they're doing this. It's not just all pictures of the sourdough that they're making. No. <laughs> <laughs> Or the craft beer they're the drinking <laughs> that was delivered yeah. to your house. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, so I think that that is a, a good thing about humans too, is our ability to forget. I don't know if, you know, we were talking about sleep and things like that and that we, you know, when we sleep, we have, we have this sort of selected memory of things that we're filing away and holding on to, but your brain also sloughs off painful stuff that you don't need anymore. And thank goodness that happens. Yeah, for real. Right. Because we would never be able to move forward. And so, but that is part of, and you talking about if I have to go to bed at nine o'clock because I'm just done, 
that's something that you should do. Sleep is like a dishwasher for your brain, man. Yeah. And it's also like in this world of push, pull and be a thousand things. It is the greatest version of self-care. Oh, like, you know, we don't have that. We have to consciously be like this 45 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> the bathroom door will be locked. You are not allowed entry. What I'm doing in there doesn't matter as I'm like just drinking a glass of wine and <laughs> not doing anything but sitting in the bathroom because it's the only 45 minutes I have. But it's also it's very hard for self-care when everybody's around because we teach ourselves that self-care is alone time. And for me as an introvert, it very much is. And mm-hmm. so it's been really difficult, I think, for people collectively to find out what that looks like in this in these times. And so for me, sleep is like non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. If I'm done, I'm done. If I need an extra hour because it just makes me feel like I took care of myself today, I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're big nappers. Yeah, well, love me an afternoon nap. Yeah. There's yeah. just something about that, that just, it just feels good. That is like, because it's intentional. It's like, I'm going to yeah. take 30 minutes or 90 minutes and just, right. Yeah. So that I, I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we're not the only ones. <laughs> no, sleep is a godsend. But I, I just want to circle back to what you were saying about what people are posting. You know, I think it's like, I, I said this last year too, when we, when the first time we thought we were coming out of this, okay. And uh, it was like the weather was changing and people were feeling alive again. Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, we haven't Mm -hmm. gone anywhere yet. I mean, it's only been a hot minute since anything opened, but we haven't gone anywhere yet. But being outside, the ability to be outside and Mm -hmm. walk down the street or go for a hike and see other humans who are like, hello. And you're like, you still (laughs) exist. (laughs) There are more of me. It's a, it's amazing. Before this, the streets were fucking empty, and now yeah. everybody is walking. Yeah. It's like I didn't even know there was this many people around. Like, yeah, it's just, I know, yeah. Everybody, everybody. The only thing you can do is go for a walk, they're, and so everybody's walking. They're all out walking yeah. their COVID dogs. Yeah, right. All it's like so COVID true. Puppies. COVID puppies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Something else I wanted to talk to you about. Tell me about energetics. Mm, my fave. This is my favorite thing ever that I've ever learned and implemented in my life. And also my favorite thing to teach because it is like, we all have it. We just don't know how to use it to create a world in which we're in fully in our power and fully capable of looking within and creating connection at a deeper level. And so Energetics is just the principle that there is masculine and feminine energy in every single one of us. And there, there's this beautiful energetic dance of balance that can occur in relationships, internally. And I love to teach this concept because the majority of women, I'm sorry to everybody who's a man listening. This is just my, this is my happy place talking about the women. But <laughs> when we talk about systematic suppression of the feminine, this is a concept that's happened for generations and generations, many, many, many hundreds of years. In historic times, a woman was considered a goddess. She, you know, her womb was sacred. Her power was sacred. She was literally the creator of life. Without woman, we did not continue to evolve as a race. And so there was a worship that occurred over a woman's power, both emotionally and in her power and in her womb with her womb her sacred ability to carry life and over time this was all bc 
And then there was C and systematic suppression of, of the woman started to occur and it continued to occur many, many times and in many, many ways over generations. And currently in our current existence, systematic suppression of feminine power and feminine energy is ingrained in all of our systems, in our education system, in our corporate system, in our societal norms. There's a lot of suppression that occurs. And so what happens is little girls are fully embodied in their feminine energy. That's when you like see them in their fully in their in their play. They'll like play for hours. They're, they sing, they dance. They don't care who's watching. They're fully in their feminine power. And then we send them into system. And what happens is we start to kind of suppress that feminine side of ourselves because our systems our masculine energy and the masculine energy is the like get shit done energy. It's the doing energy. It's the protective energy. It's how we take action in our life. So it's super important and super valuable and super necessary. But the feminine energy is where we learn to receive, where we get to be vulnerable, where our emotions matter, where we are in a state of essence and purity and that's where we receive wealth. That's where we receive love. That's where we allow people to take care of us. And every woman I've ever known, I say that in their entire body, just like, what do you mean someone will take care of me while I'm vulnerable? This is very unsafe. <laughs> this is a very unsafe place to be. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Because it's been beaten out of us, right? It's not accepted in our culture. It's like, we need to do all of the shitty shits that happen in our world, you should go to school and you should go to college and you must have a career and you also should have children and you also should get married and you also should do all these things. And you have to work hard to get places. It's very masculine. And so we don't know our feminine. It gets like suppressed in us and we don't understand the power that we hold in our vulnerability and in our emotions and in our ability to allow the people that we trust and we feel safe with to see us. And beyond that, what happens is we grow up and we do all the things we should and we're in partnership and we're like, why are we so resentful of our partner? And I do all of the things. I do everything. And he, what does he do? I, I don't even feel seen or loved or appreciated. I just do everything. And what does he do? But here's the thing about energetics. If you're in your masculine, in order to be in balance, he is leaned back in his feminine energy. His feminine energy is to receive all the things that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we go wrong because we are like, but we're doing everything we're supposed to, air quotations, do. And I don't understand why I still feel unseen and unimportant and unloved. But the reason that we feel that way is because we don't feel safe in our feminine energy. We don't even understand how to bring it out. It feels super uncomfortable. So the feminine energy is really, really powerful because when we learn to embody that energy, it is an energy of joy. It's an energy of pleasure. It's an energy of desire. It's an energy of abundance. It's the lean back and let life fill you with desire energy and it's foreign in our systems. So when we don't know how to access that, we also don't know how to be open to receive from others. We don't know how to be open to receive from the universe. We don't know how to be open to receive wealth, all of the things. And we walk around angry and resentful. 
because we don't have that. So the beautiful thing about energetics is you can have that. You can access that. Although I'm sure every woman listening is like, if you tell me I have to be vulnerable, I'm going to, my whole body's going to get tight again. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But here's the thing. The, my favorite way for a woman to learn how to embody her feminine power is to do so in pleasure. Because <laughs> interestingly enough, as really bold, strong, independent, masculine filled energy women, we will often allow ourselves to receive in the bedroom. It's like the one place where like, we're like, we have control everywhere else. So can you please take charge? And I will just allow you <laughs> to do the things that I need to get done. So what's really cool about that is it's a really fun way to play with getting comfortable with your feminine energy. Cause Lord knows, I don't know a single woman who's going to say no orgasm for me tonight. Thank you very much. Now I don't know any of them. An orgasm is the quickest, fastest, most efficient way to access your feminine energy and being in that state of open, being open and receiving can feel super uncomfortable if it's not something you're, you're used to. So play with that in a safe space with your partner, play with it, allow him to see you in your openness in the bedroom and in pleasure, allow yourself to receive the orgasm and maybe another one. If there's one ready, allow yourself to be in that energy so he can rise in his masculine. Cause that's the other really important piece. When we live in our masculine, they have to balance us by leaning in their feminine. If we allow them to rise in their feminine and we get to lean back or allow them to rise in their masculine rather, and we get to lean back in our feminine, we create harmonic balance in our partnership. And that allows for true connection like so many of us have never had before. And this is coming from a woman who lives, lived in her masculine energy. Being vulnerable made me the most uncomfortable in my life. I felt very unsafe to be taken care of. The safest place I felt in my life was within myself. It was only me. I got me and nobody else will ever take care of me the way I do. Mm -hmm. And so learning these concepts were really, really scary for me. And interestingly enough, I learned them about business, about how we allow abundance and wealth to come into business when we're in our feminine energy. So there's like a lot of stuff there. And I was like, yeah, it'll work for business, but what else can it do? And so what I've done in this pandemic is really learn how to access my feminine energy and my partnership and I am really proud to say that the last 16 months is the most connected we have ever been on every level, not just through incredible sex and the world's best orgasms, but also through our conversations and also through our deepest desires and our deepest connection, because I now feel safe for him to hold me in his masculine. Mm. And that was something that I had never known was possible before, even though we were like a happy couple in you know, building a life with kids. I never let him see me in my in vulnerability. And that meant I didn't let him rise in his masculine. And so energetics are so powerful and they are so life transforming because they don't just impact how we hold ourselves and how we allow ourselves to stand in our feminine power in all aspects of our lives. We allow our emotions to be seen. We allow ourselves to be loved, but we also create deep, meaningful connections with people we really love, 
for probably the first time in our lives. So these principles have changed my life. And now I'm teaching them and teaching other women how to implement them in their lives. And like I said, who doesn't want a world-class orgasm? Yeah. I, well, I do. I, I, I mean, I, I, I want to live in that world. I like orgasms. Right? Orgasms are good. <laughs> and it's funny because you were, you were saying that before. It's like, who doesn't want, you know, who doesn't, who's going to say no, thank you to an orgasm. And as a woman who was previously concerned about being vulnerable, I was one of those people because it was like, oh, no, that's going to take too long. Like you don't it's it's fine. I think there's a lot of women out there that yeah. are just like, you know what? It's it's fine. Like you just you will we'll just take care of you and that'll be fine. And, and it's that is a masculine energy to be mm-hmm. doing for someone else and not take pleasure for yourself. Yeah. Right. It's such an such an interesting thing when you bring that up. It's not, I don't think it's when women think about all the things that they do for everyone else, they think that that is their feminine role is to be caregiver and to do all the things. Absolutely. And, and then, and you're right. And then they go, and then they feel empty mm-hmm. and drained and resentful. But, you know, when are you, when are you going to allow yourself to be vulnerable and say, this is what I need. And you'd be surprised when you do that, when you do make yourself vulnerable and say, this, this is what I need from you, this, then people, the people in your life that love you step up and surprise you mm-hmm. sometimes. And if they don't, then you have a lot of really valuable information about where to, how to move forward in your life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing that you just said is when you start to understand or when you start to ask for what you need, the re- the most important part about a woman who lives in her masculine energy is she often doesn't even know what she needs. Mm. She doesn't even know. She's just filled with emptiness and unfulfilled an unfulfilled life and resentment and you're like, "Well, what do you need?" fucking no. What do you mean? What do I need? I need you to do the dishes. I right. need you to do the laundry. It's never about the laundry. No. It's about us not knowing what we need to feel secure and safe in our, in our, within ourselves and also within our relationships. And when you said you would be like, no, 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 it's all good. You do you. You and I have had this conversation about how we don't feel safe in our feminine energy. Our feminine energy is our pleasure energy. It's our sexy energy. It's our mm-hmm. confident energy. And so many women have never been there. Right. So many women are like, sure, let's do it how you want to do it. And they literally probably... There's probably some people on this podcast listening right now who have never actually had an orgasm Mm -hmm. because they've never allowed themselves to be open enough to explore that within themselves and with partnership to know what a mind blowing orgasm feels like. And that is fucking sad. Like we matter. Our pleasure matters. But it's like, why are we not talking about this? Why are we not screaming this from the rooftops for women to feel empowered in their bodies and to feel empowered in their desire for pleasure? And pleasure doesn't just have to be sex, but it's a really fun way to get there. It can also be experience. It can also be self-care. It can also be luxury. It can also be the desire to take a meal and take it up 10 notches because it makes you feel luxurious Mm -hmm. in your feminine power or when you go on a vacation to get, you know, the honeymoon suite, just because it feels luxurious in your, in your feminine power, we don't allow ourselves to hold space for our pleasure. And we don't allow ourselves to hold space for our desires because it's, it doesn't, it's foreign for us to come first. What do you think about that? You've been awfully quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Taking it in. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like I feel like I, I would always feel like, 
Dante's amazing about let me let me take care of this for you or let me do this for you. And for a long time in our relationship, I was very resistant to that. Very resistant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? <laughs> he was. <laughs> and so, and and I'm not sure when this when the when the switch got flipped like that, where I was freezer after the freezer and then after the freezer and and I, i'm just curious like since we happen to have a man here what does that make you feel like when i'm able to be vulnerable and lean back and allow you to look after me like you did like you did after my grading for example right and i kind of just took care of everything yeah you wrapped me up like mm-hmm. et <laughs> and, and and put me in your car and and took me you know like he wrapped me up and put me in a tub and picked me up food and put me in front of the fire like and just whatever, and said, whatever you need to do, cry, sleep, have an orgasm, whatever you want. Yeah. I let me, and I was so, my first instinct was to say, no, 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 it's fine. Like, no, no, yeah. it's, it's fine. I'll be fine. And then thinking, why, why, why would I say no to that? Mm-hmm. And to start to say yes to accepting something that he wanted to do for me. Like, what did that, like, what is that? Now you're like, fuck, I wish. You should stop asking me to do shit. <laughs> Not in the slightest. I think that it's a sign when, especially because B is such an independent, strong, smart woman who doesn't need anything except help getting stuff off the top shelf. That's uh-huh. that's that's the only thing that you need help. Everything else, you can do everything else. So I think it's a sign of trust when you can ask for help or, or, or be vulnerable. I mean, I think too many people conflate vulnerability with weakness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they're not the same. I mean, you know, you, you, there, there is, there is a link between, I mean, you could be, you know, when you're weak, you are vulnerable in that sense, but being vulnerable doesn't mean that you're weak. Mm -hmm. And for B to be able to allow that space to be vulnerable and to let someone else look after her that that's a lot of power that you give up when you let somebody else take care of you. Cause what if they stop taking care of you? Well, that, that was my, that was my concern. Where yeah. It's like, I don't want to get used to this shit, <laughs> but it's like, but it's fine. But what my question was, how does it make you feel as my partner? How does it make you feel as a man? Oh, no, I, I look, it's, how do I articulate this? Never heard you speechless before. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a sign of a different level of a relationship, mm-hmm. I think. A and level of intimacy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And to achieve that and to take what, I mean, like Kelly was talking about, to take an already great relationship and then just kind of take it. I don't want to say leveling up because that makes it sound like a video game? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. yes, but also it makes it sound like <laughs> a pokey a Pokemon raid. You're not, oh, you're not like a five-star limited edition. No, it's <laughs> because I don't want to devalue people whose relationship is different and by saying that there's a hierarchy of, mm-hmm. of quality relationships. But I think when you have a good relationship and you find this other way to connect, it brings it creates a level of of intimacy and and, and, a, and a depth of connection that wasn't there before. Mm. And I think I think when you asked me the question of when did that change, I think that break we took and what we called the freezer and we talked about in, in previous episodes, that reevaluated the whole, what are we here for? 
What does this relationship mean? What are the intentions of the other person? And there was an intentionality coming back into the relationship afterwards that mm-hmm. was like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not just a little bit in I'm, I'm all in. And by being all in, I think in B's case that allowed you to kind of open up like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think also there's, when you can sit in that there's all, it also gives you that confidence that, yeah, if that person does exit your life for whatever reason, you can still go back to taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And doing a really good job of that. But I think that fear stops a lot of people, you know, Kelly, you know, have had that conversation and other independent women, you know, there's that fear of, well, what if it goes away? If -hmm. it goes away, it does. Yeah. And then you, right, you take care of yourself again, like you always have. It's not like being vulnerable to someone strips you of your ability to look after yourself. Well, that's the fear. Yeah. That is the fear. Yeah, I think so. And, and, but I don't, and I don't feel minimized or weakened by allowing you to, to do things for me and like, give me lots of orgasms and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's all. But I would also, can I interject there in the energetics form? So what you guys are explaining is a level of depth you didn't have before. So Dante, what, happened is you continued to say, let me protect you. Let me care for you. Let me show you that it's safe to be with me in trying to do things for B and B your resistance at first was like, Mm-mm, this is really unsafe. This is an unsafe place to be. I don't know. You know, I don't understand my feminine power. I don't understand how to be held in my feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And so when you were able to say, well, what's the worst that can happen here if I just let it happen is you were able to lean back in your feminine. Dante was able to rise in his masculine and you created that balance, that harmonic balance, which strengthened the connection. And then the next time it wasn't so resistant. The next time it was a little easier to accept, which again, Dante gets to rise in his masculine, which that is where they feel the most confident is their ability to protect and take care of on all levels physically, emotionally, financially, sexually, when we talk about like man things that they're supposed to do, but that's just not in your relationship. That's like the masculine energy as a whole, but you allowing him to do that allows him to feel more confident and safer in your relationship while you simultaneously feel safer and more confident in your ability to be held. This is where magic really gets to happen in healing, which I'm not going to dive too deep in because we go so far in that this would become a one step at a time. One one step at a time. Exactly. (laughs) So what happens when we allow ourselves to lean back is we're really just creating space for depth of connection, which is really foreign in the human experience, which I don't want to sound super weird, but it's a spiritual depth of connection that occurs in the energetic field, in the quantum field. And so is this what your latest program is all about? Mm-hmm. Please tell it us is. about that. Yes, I would love to. It's called the Energetic Dance. I just launched her yesterday, and it really is about us understanding our own energetics. So we touch on the energetics of relationship. We touch on the energetics of business and wealth and abundance and how to create quantum field frequency to call that in, magnetize that in in our feminine power. But really it's about us understanding how to feel safe enough in our bodies to allow her to rise in us and how to get comfortable in our feminine power and know when to lean in our masculine and take action on our life and know when to lean back in our feminine and receive. 
because there's such a disconnect in how we keep our balanced energies, keep our energy in, in harmony. And it's such a missing link for so many women in every facet of their life. And simultaneously, what happens when we learn how to access the feminine power, learn how to access the feminine energy and be comfortable to rise in her, we start to actually heal our core wounds. We start to learn to feel safe with other women because there's mad sister wounds in our society, mad sister wounds. So what happens is we energetically connect, as I was just saying to you guys in the spiritual world, you energetically connect on a different frequency where we go back to ancestral times where not only was there sacred womb ceremony, there was sacred sisterhood connection because there was such an appreciation of the woman. And so when we can learn to tap into our feminine power, we start to heal the sister wound. We start to just be at a frequency that we call other women who are on the same mission in, and you create deepened connection with other women, which is super powerful. And we also start to understand our own power over what it is we want in our life which is where transformation occurs for everybody. So this work can be done with men and women, men learning how to understand how to hold their own feminine energy because it matters and how to hold their, their partner's feminine energy because it matters and how we really just understand ourselves at such a deeper level that we're able to really carry harmony within us and also be able to use the quantum field to really call and magnetize all that we desire. It's pretty fucking epic what can happen when you tap in. So Kelly. Yes. How do people get a hold of you? How do they get in touch with you? If they're interested in learning more about your programs and the coaching sessions that you offer, where would you like us to direct them to? So I spend most of my time on the gram because the gram is my jam and you can find me there at <laughs> Kelly Rolf coaching love with the gram. My handles at Kelly Rolf coaching, and you can also check out all the details about all of my programs and my coaching packages at Kelly Rolf coaching.com. In case, in case the brave ones want to read what you've written, do you have some titles for us to, that we can link into the show notes as well? Yeah, absolutely. So my very first book was written in 2016. So it's a little outdated with my principles, but I still stand behind that beautiful baby. The first one is called Dear Stress and Breaking Up With You. And the second one is called Dear Limits, Get Out of My Way. You can, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's pretty, it's pretty fitting even now. Mm -hmm. So you can find them on Amazon or for a signed copy, they can just DM me on Instagram and I will sign a copy and send it on its way. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know what? I, I love that you can just like instantly get a book onto your phone or your device or whatever. But I also still like holding turn dead trees. Okay. <laughs> I miss it too. I miss it too. Do you? I do. You, you've been a, an auto audiobook convert for a long time. Well, that's so because don't reading even, and driving is frowned I, upon. I don't, so. I think the last thing I, I, the last page I saw you turn was in a dive magazine. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put some links on our things we love page for the Perfect. book on Amazon, but also, yeah, get a signed copy, everyone mm -hmm. we'll do it that way. Yeah. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a great conversation about the death of hustle, hustle culture. Oh, wow. Did I say huffle? Huffle? You know <laughs> what? It's because we watched a documentary and there's uh, oh. somebody who had a speech impediment, the kind of Elmer Fudd type speech impediment. And so that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> thank you for coming on today and talking with us 
about the death of hustle culture and the rise of energetics. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm like fangirling. I love you guys. Oh, we love you too. You know what? I'm going to have you back to so we can dive into the sister wound. Woo woo. That's a good one too. That's a a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Maybe, maybe when you're on vacation or something. Where am I going? I don't know. Without you. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks guys. Speak soon. That was so great to have her on. Yeah. I really, I really love her. I love her, her passion for things. Yeah. I love her perspective. She's, her and I are very similar. I, I, I think her and I have had quite a few conversations before. So, yeah. so I, I was really jazzed to have her on the show because I think she offers a lot to her clients and to her family and the people around her. And it was just, I just love her energy. So I'm, I'm, it was really nice to have her on. Yes. And I think, I think there's always something really special about someone who cares a lot about other people Mm. and just wants to help them be better yes and just make their lives better yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's always i always like talking to people like that then it i think it's a good takeaway for people to take a breath Mm -hmm. slow down really be intentional Mm -hmm. have more orgasms Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and you know, like her, her authenticity with all that really comes through. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's why her clients are drawn to her is because of that authenticity. And, and she's so knowledgeable about all that stuff because she's been there. Yeah. She's gone through all of that. So it's not like, you know, she's lived this whole other life and she's telling you what to do and she doesn't have any idea what she's talking about. She knows what she's talking about. So it was really great to yeah, have Yeah, and, and she mentioned it briefly at the end there, but I'll throw it in the notes and, and the things we love page, how to get in touch with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think. she's on Instagram at Kelly Wolf yeah. Coaching. I think, uh, yeah. And um, and she does have a website as well. Um, get onto her her email list. That's yeah. always a great way to... Get some good to stuff on there. find that. out what's, what's new with her and, and her programs and stuff. She's always... She's always developing new programs and, and uh, some are to do with business, some with just personal stuff. So yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Remember to uh, like and follow. Check out the website. Yeah. And if there's somebody that you think could benefit from the information that we shared today, please share. Yeah, please do. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.